1: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
0: hey what's going on guys welcome back to another edition of the locked on Panthers podcast builder study of Panthers wire hitting you guys back up hope you guys had a good weekend uh, we're gonna start the week here. With just a couple news and notes that came out about the team, a couple of linemen in the news here, and and some tight end news. Um, continue our series We're looking at the different positions down the line. But right now, I just want to talk about some of the some of the news and notes that I just came across. Uh, we'll start with Matt Khalil, the offensive tackle, everyone's favorite offensive tackle, uh, as, as if they're was much of a question whether or not he'll be with the team in 2018. The news today by Field Yates kind of put that to rest. According to Field Yates, Matt Khalil had his $10 million option bonus. He originally had uh, an option that would have been due by March 19th, which if it was not exercised, the $10 million would have converted to salary. And he would have had a fully guaranteed 11 million dollar salary in 2018. Instead, the Panthers decided to convert that 10 million dollar option bonus into a signing bonus. So, it doesn't really it doesn't create any cap savings because he still gets the 10 million dollars. Um, he still gets his 10 million dollars, so it doesn't change any kind of money that's paid to him. The difference now is that the signing, that $10 million now gets prorated over the next four years of his contract, so he, so instead of having a cap hit of, or at least part of his cap hit being $2.4 million over the next four years as a signing bonus, now it'll be $4.9 million. 2.4, of course, was his, from his original signing bonus of $12 million, so now it's effectively... A 22 million dollar signing bonus so it does increase his cap hit over over the next couple of years including this year so his cap number for 2018 now is 6.9 million dollars but now 2019 it jumps to 12.9 million dollars and he'll probably be locked in for 2019 as well because he would actually count he would actually have one point eight million in dead money, or they would they would effectively lose one point eight million in cap savings because his dead money would count fourteen point seven if they cut him in twenty nineteen. So probably the earliest that Matt Khalil now will move on from the Panthers would be 2020, because they would actually save six point one million against the cap if they were to cut him in 2020 and in 2021 they could save 11 and a half million against the cap because right now the only money that's guaranteed to him is his salary this year which is only a million dollars but again the signing bonus now increases his cap hit because that's guaranteed so again as if there was any question whether or not Matt Khalil would be back with the Panthers in two thousand eighteen, today's news kind of puts that to bed, but, but some may think they'll still look to grab a tackle maybe in the draft. Again, I've said before, I'm still a fan of Taylor Moton. I'm really curious to see what he can do. Uh he didn't he didn't play too many snaps as a whole throughout the season, but he he still got some time in which which was good to see. So I I think he could do well. I think down the line, if they continue to develop him, perhaps, you know, whether you put him at left tackle and keep Daryl Williams at right or whatever you want to do, but he's still a guy I'm hoping to see make a little bit of a stride in 2018. Then there's the note here that Joe Person of the Charlotte Observer believes that it is quote, highly doubtful that the Panthers will re-sign Andrew Norwell in free agency. Uh, we're in the middle, of course, of franchise tag season, and the two likely candidates, as have been floating around, look to be Andrew Norwell and Graham Gano. And if they use the tag, it's more likely that they'll use it on Graham Gano. I know it sounds silly that they would use it on a kicker rather than a guard, But it comes down to the values, the values of the of the tags for for each position. Um, If they were to tag Andrew Norwell, I believe it is about a fourteen million dollar hit. I'm trying trying to look it up right quick now, but I think, I believe it's about $14 million to tag a offensive guard, whereas a kicker is obviously a lot less more. I don't know the exact number offhand, but I do think, uh, but it should only be, I think, a couple of million dollars. So if they were to use the franchise tag, it's probably going to go to Graham Gun er, yeah, I'm sorry, Graham Gano.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And then the last piece in terms of, and again, you know, and Andrew Norwell, and it's an interesting note that they mention as well, that Joe Person reported, he said he believes Marty Herney made his decision when they signed Trey Turner last year to that four-year, $45 million extension, so that would be a lot of money tied up to both of your offensive guards, because Norwell obviously is going to get a lot of money in uh, free agency. So, probably, and here we go, here's here's the franchise tag values, just able to bring them up. So offensive guard, well actually it would be, they group it all together among offensive line, excuse me, so it would be over $14 million for the offensive line uh, tag number. I mean, you're, you're talking, that that's kind of offensive tackle money too. So it, it would kind of make sense that the Panthers don't want to pay that kind of money for one year to a offensive guard, albeit Norwell was a very good one. So chances are he's gonna end up hitting the free free agent market, and he probably won't be back. Because again, with the you know they do have a little bit of cap space, but again, I just can't see if they're not gonna give him the tag, they're they're not going to be able to compete with some of the other teams that are going to have some cap space, a lot more cap space than that will throw n- throw money at what will probably be the best, probably interior offensive lineman in this market. Whereas the kicker punter franchise tag value is under $500,000 or excuse me, not $500,000, $5 million. So that's likely, and, and even if they decide, they, they could always decide not to do the tag as well. They could, they could just not give a tag as at all, and Gano hits the free agent market. So, but we'll we'll see what happens. But if if they do with, go with the tag, it, it will likely be on Graham Gano. So, again, and I've said before, and a lot of my mock drafts have kind of reflected this as well. They'll probably lose Norwell in free agency, and I would I would expect them to target a guard perhaps pretty high in the draft. Uh, Will Hernandez of UTEP, Billy Price of Ohio State, Isaiah Wynn of Georgia are some really good guards. So wouldn't be surprising and would, would, would definitely, would definitely fill a hole and help alleviate the pain of losing Norwell if they can land one of those guys. And then speaking of the draft, David Newton of ESPN believes that the Panthers will select a tight end in the draft. And again, going back to the mock drafts that I've been doing, this is another thing that uh, I've been re- that's has been reflected in these mock drafts due to the fact that Ed Dixon is a tight end. So you're going to need someone to step into that number two role at least at the outset. And then Greg Olson, of course, he had the broken foot last year. He's getting up there in age. You're gonna eventually need someone to step in at some point and become the starting starting tight end. I mean, Greg Olson is will be 33 years old in March. He's entering the final year of his contract. So chances are they'll be starting to look down the line in terms of the eventual replacement the eventual replacement uh tight end for for the panthers
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL draft. Check out mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: And as far as far as a couple options in the draft. And so this will kind of tie into the the series we've been talking about. Cause actually tight end was next anyway. So it's a nice little segue. Um, A lot of good pass-catching tight ends in this draft. Uh, Dallas Goddard of South Dakota State comes to mind. Mike Kisicki of Penn State. I think there's a lot of good tight ends all throughout the draft. And it's interesting to see a lot of the differing opinions on this tight end class and where some of these guys rank. One name that comes to mind that kind of exemplifies the varying degrees of grades and where they could be drafted is Chris Herndon of Miami who was a who was one of the better options or better weapons in the Miami offense the last couple seasons. Um, One of their leading receivers I believe too even though he only had 40 catches for less than 500 yards and four touchdowns but he was still one of the the top guys in that Miami offense. Unfortunately, he did suffer an MCL injury late in the season that cost him, I believe the last game of the regular season and the orange bowl game. It forced him to miss the orange bowl against Wisconsin. And he was also invited to go to the senior bowl. Unfortunately was not able to participate in that as well because of that injury. But, He's, he's a guy that there's a lot of, you know, obviously the injury question is there, but there seems to be a lot of positive around him. So he could be a guy that maybe he's there in the mid to late rounds that the Panthers could bring in, develop, and eventually be their starting tight end. Um, so there are, like I said, there are a lot, are a lot of solid tight ends here. Um, again, mentioned Goddard and Gusecki. Um, So, and and a few others, bring him up real quick for you guys, a couple couple other names that you need to, that you need to be on the lookout for, Hayden Hurst of South Carolina, you've got Mark Andrews of Oklahoma, Durham Smythe of Notre Dame, he wasn't, uh, the numbers may not have been there, but he was—he—he—he he, he looks to be a pretty productive guy. And I know there's been talk, um, Michael Kist, of formerly of Locked On Eagles, now him and Ben Solak are up with BGN Radio. So congrats to them. He had done some film study recently of Durham Smythe, and really seems to be in love with the kid. So he, he's another option. Uh, he did pretty well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Troy Fumigali of Wisconsin, Tyler Conklin of Central Michigan. So there's there's a lot of intriguing options. Ian Thomas, Indiana, Adam Brenneman, Massachusetts. So there's there's a good bit of options throughout the draft as far as tight end goes. You know, it may not be an early an early thought for the Panthers, but I would have to agree with David in, in that at some point during this draft, I think they probably are gonna have to look at the tight end position. Uh, Even Jordan Akins is another guy that I'll throw in real quick too of Central Florida, another guy that I saw at the Senior Bowl that I came away pretty impressed with. So a lot of options. Um, Of course, the Panthers did not get any compensatory picks in this draft, so they still have the eight that they had before the compensatory picks were announced. So, eight picks overall for the Panthers. They, of course, have all their original picks except for the fourth round. They also have Buffalo's pick in the third round and the seventh round. So, it's almost like a pattern. You have one pick, one pick, two picks off, one pick, one pick, two picks. If you want to think think of it that way. But that, that's where the Panthers stand right now. Eight total picks. Uh, obviously... A lot can change during the draft. Moves can be made, but again, definitely. So guard and tight end, I think, are probably two of the, definitely two of the positions that the Panthers will have to attack. And then um, maybe edge, of course, edge is a position we'll get to at some point. So a a lot of different ways they can go. And, you know, we talked about receiver. That's definitely an option in round one as well. So, a lot of ways they can go and will certainly be interesting, especially now with the combine coming. And we'll be talking about that a little bit. And then the buzz will really be starting. So, we'll try to keep up with all the news and notes regarding the draft. And then free agency starts in a couple of weeks. So, a lot to get to here with the locked on Panthers. Hope you guys stick and stay as we go through this, what will be a roller coaster of a ride. So with that, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I uh, really do appreciate it, as always. Remember to you can check out my work over at PanthersWire.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore And remember to check out all the Locked On episodes here. And again, speaking of the draft, I always got to give a shout-out to my boys John Ledyard and Trevor Sickema over at Locked On NFL Draft. They do a fantastic job. So check them out for all your... NFL draft notes. I'm certainly going to hope that I'm going to try to get John on the show at some point after the combine and it'll be a great talk with him for sure. So with that, again, thanks so much. Um, Thanks again for listening. This has been the Locked On Panthers podcast. I am Bill Rossetti, And until next time, keep it locked here and take care, my friends.